Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. But uh, several weeks ago, some people were coming in and they said, this is the first time we've been back since the first Sunday in March of 2020. Said we've been watching online right here, but this is the first time we've been back. And, uh, and they were back again last week. And so it occurs to me that uh, we are uh, still a church that is reassembling itself, still re- being reassembled, uh, literally, back to the assembly. Um, and I think that everybody has to do that sort of in their own pace, in their own, in their own way. And I think, uh, congregations everywhere are wrestling with the, the notion of how to get reassembled. And so in, in your time and the Lord's time, all of this will come back together. But we look forward to that because we get to see each other. And I, I spent a lot of time online last year, um, worshiping uh, with our, our congregation. And, and when I looked around to see people up and down the rows, it was just Annette and I. We were just all by ourselves. So fellowship is really, really crucial. I hope you're, hope you're feeling how sweet that is to be in fellowship and I hope that the pandemic and the isolation wasn't your favorite time in church in your life. Uh, I hope that wasn't true. Um, so let's see. Okay. This month, uh, we've been doing something um, that has some progression to it. Now, it's not important for you to necessarily know what that is, or for you to have been here every Sunday, if you've had the opportunity to travel and and be away. But I want to begin today by telling you what I think I've been doing. And then if you sit there and you go, I don't think that was it. Well, you may be right. But we started out on the first Sunday, um, and we said that uh, we're going to talk about who we are out of John chapter 3. And it was the Nicodemus uh, interview with Jesus. And in that section, down through verse 21 uh, in that chapter, we heard Jesus say that, that we are a people of the new birth, that we are a people of the kingdom of God, that we are a people of the spirit of God, that we are a people of the Christ lifted up, that we are a people of the eternal life and that we are a people of the light. I told one of my friends uh, that I'd had a sermon with six points. He said, six points? I said, yeah, it was a touchdown. <laughs> the second Sunday, uh, we spent some time in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, chapter 5, talking about what is the power within us? 
If we are described in those ways out of John 3, what's the power within us? And the, the nugget in that lesson was that the love of Christ compels us. The love that Christ has for us, the love that we have for Christ compels us so that we become ambassadors of the ministry of the kingdom of God as God is reconciling people to himself through the sacrifice of Jesus. Then last week, we asked the question, so then what are we to become as people who are described in that way in John 3 and empowered in that way in 2 Corinthians 5? What are we to be? And the answer was, we are to be living sacrifices, offering ourselves up to God as people who are no longer being conformed to the ways of this world, but are being transformed, spiritually transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And so we go into the world as Jesus, being reborn, reincarnated by the Spirit within us. And so today we're going to ask the question, so what do we do? So what do we do? And so I'm going to be in uh, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, a lot of things happen. Jesus sends out his disciples to go teach and preach in his name and cast out demons and heal the sick. And they come back and there's a celebration. And then there's a little interval and Jesus is in a place where a teacher of the Jews decides to test Jesus with a question. And the question is quite simple. Rabbi, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, this tells you this guy's a Pharisee because the Pharisees believed in eternal life. The Sadducees didn't believe in eternal life. That's why you were sad to see them. Thank you very much. Uh, They believed that when you died, you died like Rover. When you were dead, you were dead all over. But the Pharisees believed in life after death. So this Pharisee teacher wants to know how he can get it, how he can inherit eternal life. And Jesus says, well, what does it say? What does it say? The Pharisees were actually sort of a back to the Old Testament movement, kind of a back to the law movement. They were, they were in their day pretty fine people with a few problems. And so he says, well, what it says is that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So this teacher knows Deuteronomy 6, and this teacher knows where down in the crevices of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18, there's this nugget. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, very simply, do this. 
and you will live. I, I worked with a lot of professors when I uh, was at University Church in Abilene for 28 years, and when I taught as an adjunct faculty member for 18 years. And I don't want you to tell them this, but sometimes a professor doesn't know when to be quiet. Just wants to ask one more question to establish his or her superiority. I've done that myself, I'm sure. Who's my neighbor? He's trying to test Jesus. So he asked him the eternal life question. So he's going to ask him, so who's my neighbor question? And you know what follows if you're a person that's been raised up in church. And if you're not a person that's been raised up in church and you've never heard this story, this is a great story. Because Jesus tells the story that we know of as the good Samaritan. Let me read this right out loud. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem at 2,500 feet above sea level to Jericho, 1,200 feet below sea level. When he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. And Jesus says, Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Dear Lord, we want to ask you to give us hearts that are able to go and do likewise. We want to be the people that you send in the world to make a difference in the world. We pray this in the name of Jesus. What do we do? What do we do compelled by the love of Christ? As people being transformed in the likeness of Jesus, what do we do? Let us just see this as the answer. First, he says, love God with all of you, with everything that's in you. And in this passage, we often run quickly to get to the Samaritan story. But this morning, I want to have us pause just a moment at loving God. At loving God. He doesn't say, 
believe in God? He doesn't say here, fear God. We can unpack that out of the Old Testament. It would be a good thing. He doesn't say believe or fear. He doesn't say just take your earthly father's behavior and imprint that on the face of God and blame God for being like your father. He says, love God, do this and you will live. I think we ought to be a people who have allowed ourselves to put God's name up in lights, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we see our our lives not as a production of ourselves and that we see our church not as uh, an entity that has power because of its place, its facility, its money, its leadership, but that this is a testimony to the presence of the God whom we love. We love God. What do you think about God? I, 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 I know, I know. Well, I don't know about that God. You got back there in the Old Testament. He, he seemed rude to me. I, I don't know. I, I got all kinds of stories about him. They, some of those Psalms, they're downright scary. I don't know about that. Trust me on this. The people who believe that God in the Old Testament is mean and capriciously evil have not studied the Old Testament. This marvelous piece in in, uh, Ezekiel uh, 20, I call it the for the sake of my name section. Robert writes, God says, you know, I, I, I called you for the sake of my name. And I took you to Egypt for the sake of my name. And I, I brought you out of Egypt for the sake of my name. And, and then when you got to acting up and I, I thought about judging you harshly, I thought, well, I should be compassionate on you for the sake of my name. And there's all this for the sake of my name, for the sake of my name. But then he says, but then you got to be so evil. You got to be so tied up in your, your, your idols and, and in sacrificing your children and, and in all that so that finally I had to bring judgment for the sake of my name. But I'll bring you back for the sake of my name. And we hear John 1. No one has seen the Father, but the only Son who is in the bosom of the Father, has made him known. So if you really want to know who God is, look at Jesus. If you have questions about God out of the Old Testament, you may not get all the answers, you may not see through all of that, but the answer to all of the questions about what God is like, God reveals in his Son, in the flesh, in Jesus Christ. Love God. Love God. And then he says, love your neighbor. 
And this is fun. I, I love I love this section, and I'm gonna have I'm gonna do it uh, like this. One of the things the the the, the devil does. <laughs> oh, he's a great stinker. The devil says, in order for you to have a good life, you need someone to hate. You need someone to hate. You need to have uh, uh, an enemy out there. Uh, in in uh, in Hitler's Germany, it was it was the Jews. So we got to hate the Jews. And and in some places in America, there were times it's important to to hate black people, or it's important to hate white people, or it's important to hurt, bra- hate brown people. You got to give someone to hate. It gives your life structure. <laughs> it makes you feel good. Aggie jokes. Remember, I, I did preach at UT. But a quick little story. At the University of Texas, when it was called the University Church of Christ, at one point, a bunch of the men went to war in that church. And the only people left to lead the church were from Texas A&M. And so they changed the name of the church to University Avenue so it would be named after a street and not the university. Yeah. It's important to have someone to hate. I was teaching Bible class uh, in going through some material like this, and there was a there were two Asian students uh, there, and, and so I asked the girl, I said, So in your country, what's your country? She said, Cambodia. And I said, so, so in your country, who are y'all given permission to hate? And she said, him. Him. Yeah, she says, he's from Laos. Neighboring country. It's okay for us to despise Laotians. Jesus says, you will have a great life if you define it by the people you love. Not by the people you hate, but by the people you love. And when we have a a world around us right now that is giving us all kinds of opportunities to distinguish us uh, ourselves from other people and to put them down and to label them and, and all of that, and there's so much of that going on. It's just awful. O-F-F-A-L. Look it up. Awful. Jesus says, don't be like the priest who walked on by the man who was in need. Don't be like the Levite who walked on by. Be like the Samaritan. Samaritan is not a, the Jews didn't like the Samaritans. The the Samaritans were the hated among the Jews. But he stops and he does things that mercy does. Mercy stops. Mercy comes near. Mercy touches. Mercy pours on oil and wine, blessing and cleansing. 
Mercy lifts. Mercy carries. And when he gets him to the the hotel, they say that those two silver coins would have paid for about a month in in an inn like that in the first century. Mercy pays. And he says, and when I return, mercy remembers. We need to have eyes of love, mercy. We need to have feet of love that grow closer, mercy. We need to have hands that can dirty themselves up in the lives of people who are not worthy of us, but they are. And we reach and we cleanse, we bandage. And we use our own resources our own donkey, to get them to a better place. And we loosen up the money in our pockets to help people move from where they are to a better place. Mercy, mercy. And Jesus flips it, not to who is my neighbor, but who will I be a neighbor to? What are we supposed to do Love God and live as the neighbor, refusing to define the world by whom we hate, choosing to define the world by whom we love. One more thing. One more thing. During this pandemic, Some of our brothers and sisters in our church are wounded and hurt, weary and aching, sometimes with wounds you can't see. But what I would want you to do, what I would say today, what I would advise you to do, there are people at home, you haven't seen them here yet. You haven't seen them here. Don't don't reach out to guilt them into coming back. Reach out and meet them where they are. I would like for you to take two or three weeks to be neighbor to brothers and sisters in this church. Not that you will always be just inward. No, 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 no. But right now, some of those who are beaten and left half dead are in our aisles, not on the road to Jerusalem. So let me challenge you to open your eyes of mercy to your brothers and sisters of this church. Move toward them with love and mercy. Open your hands to them, lift them, love them, hold them. Get off your donkey and be a neighbor to them. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Make sure to give us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.